What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Twisted Youngins, the most unorthodox show on the globe. And we hope everyone is having a great, blessed day today. Staying safe, staying out the way. And as always, I am one of your hosts, Myra B. King. This is Desi Des. And it's your boy Mojo in the building. We have a special guest with us today, ma'am. Let the people know who you are. Hey, y'all. I am Rhonda Mary. I am a YouTuber, content creator, and a Second Amendment advocate. Absolutely. Now, being a Second Amendment advocate, being a black woman of yourself, how hard is that to navigate through during content? Oh, how did you get into it? And that. Okay, so I'll give a little backstory first. So um, before I became a Second Amendment advocate or even a gun owner, for that matter, Mm -hmm. I was already creating YouTube content. And so um, I was learning all of these things about American history, civil rights, you know, black history and the Constitution and just all these different things, more about civics. Mm. And as I was doing that, I was already becoming more open to the idea of being armed. But it's just something I never took the time to just really do. Um, And so at some point simultaneously, while I was creating YouTube content about like social and political topics, I ended up being in a hit and run slash roll rate incident where the uh, I write driver at some point ended up, you know, coming to my car and he was like cussing me out. Now, this was mind you, this was after we were just on the highway and we were both going over 70 miles per hour and he decided I wasn't going fast enough for him. So he's literally ramming the back of my car trying to knock me off the highway. But anyway, at some point um, we came face to face and you know, it's like a light bulb went off at that moment because I'm really like, OK, you on the side of this road with this man that's obviously already irate. You don't know what he could do to you. You don't know how he could leave you on the side of this road. You don't know what he has or what he's carrying on him. And I just kept thinking, like, if something happened, like who who's going to even know? And so after the incident, he basically ended up fleeing the scene and a responding officer was a young black woman. And after I told her the story, she was like, you weren't armed. And I'm like, no, I I should be like, I'm supposed to be, you know, like I never just really had anybody talk to me about it in any type of way that seemed applicable to my life. Everything that I knew about guns before was handed to me by the culture of media of hollywood of the news stories you know never talked about it in a way that made sense for my everyday life and after that situation i decided to go and get my first firearm i went and got trained during that time as i was getting trained i learned so much including the mistakes that i made during that altercation Mm. um because there were different points in that altercation where I couldn't have used a firearm and not being held responsible for possibly homicide, honestly. Um, But there were different points where I possibly could have used a firearm. So those are important things to know. And that comes along with the training of, I don't recommend just running out and getting this tool and, oh, well, this is my right. I can do this without knowing all of the consequences that could possibly um, come along with it. And so after I started learning more, it was so intriguing to me. And I'm like, OK, I got to tell other people about this. I got to take other people on this journey. And so that's what I started doing. And, you know, it's just been up ever since. 
you seem very intelligent. Uh, how was your How was your upbringing? Like, for as your, you know, were, were both of your parents in the home? Yes, uh, both of my parents were in the home. I so on my mom's side, we have a really big close knit family. My grandma and grandpa had nine children, and mm. all of them are married and have children. Mm. And we would do these big. Hold on, all of them are married. Well, my I have one aunt. Eight out of nine. Okay. Wow, that's a good number, though. Still, yeah. God bless your family. That's a Shout blessing, to y'all. That's why I Amen. say God bless. It shouldn't even be like that. It yeah, it should right. be that, but it is. Yeah, a very, very traditional family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Christian Bible Belt. Like we did all the big holidays. Like my grandma's house would be filled you know, with people and just very loving and supportive family, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so just a regular, I would say just a regular kind of, well, I used to think maybe not, but I used to think just an average middle school, middle America, like black family. Southern rare, family. Rare, but yeah, rare black family. Yeah. So say people tell me now that it's rare, but growing up, I felt I don't know. Like, I felt like we were somewhat, maybe I was just sheltered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the answer. I was just sheltered because it wasn't till literally YouTube where I kind of started meeting new people. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with um, O'Shea Duke Jackson. That's a YouTuber in the manosphere. Yes. And one of our first interactions was he made this video about I can't I want to say it was about Jill Scott and that performance that she did and everybody knows what I'm talking about y'all remember the microphone performance oh and I come in I made a comment on his commentary like it seems to be this very negative almost controversial at odds dynamic going on with men and women that at the time I really couldn't understand and fathom and this has been one of the pros and cons, I think, of social media, because if we were to put our phones down for just 30 days and actually be in the moment, in the present, you will have to take in the information that's around you. And that would be your life. That would be your life during that time. But these phones give us access to everybody else's life, their thoughts. Now you have people that project onto you. I constantly have people that try to make me hate or distrust men or think that all men are evil because of their upraising, even though that wasn't my experience. And so I don't know, social media just offers this very weird dichotomy that you almost have to like explore. And so it's been very interesting, this dynamic of my upbringing versus my upbringing versus the reality for, I guess, a lot of other people that I'm learning about. In so, your experience, do you deal with any of that in your dating experience or anything like that? Um, not in the way that's been characterized, I think, generally, mm. not in how when you go on Twitter, it's like black men don't like black women. Black men don't like natural hair. They only want women with a certain type of hair. They only want light skinned women. They only want women that look like 
supermodels or or this thick or it's just it's yeah. not been my experience um all of my aunts are brown to to dark skin my mom is brown my mom has natural hair i've seen these women be loved and protected you know my my grandma and even a lot of her sisters i've seen us be very close knit i see i've seen anything that the women need all you got to do is pick up the phone and the brother is there the uncle is there um my younger brother is very protective and i think loving and strong and all these other things so it hasn't been my experience now also keep in mind that a lot of men in the south still tend to have a lot of the traditional gentleman values that you know i think a lot of people i don't know if a lot of people but i think when we talk about these different dynamics would desire or characterize as being that gentleman So a lot of guys that I've had the experience of being around still have a lot of those things. Now I have a question for you. Um, You mentioned um, the Constitution. Did you study the Constitution? Yeah. Well, recently um, it was not something that I I specifically remember um, in school, at least not to, to great lengths. I think we spent a lot more time learning history, like learning about wars, learning about, you know, we will learn about like Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks and their contribution to, to different things. Right. Well, OK, so recently you, you've looked at studied the Constitution, correct? Mm-hmm. Did you see anything in there that may may have had you in all that a lot of us probably overlook or don't know about that kind of like shocked you? You know, because you're right. A lot of us haven't looked at the Constitution since like the eighth grade, uh, seventh grade and took the test. And we pretty much just left it alone. But a lot of us, we don't even know what our Constitution is or the Bill of Rights, uh, you know, to be specific. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's any parts that shocked me as far as what's written. I would say the more shocking part is how we're not taught it. So like what I mean by that is that I don't think that we try to take full benefits of every part that's being, you know, that's in the Constitution. So, for example, Malcolm X said that the rights of the Constitution, and this is not the exact quote, but he said something to the extent of we were offered the rights of the Constitution as Americans and we want all of it and we're not giving it back. Right. And I think that a lot of us do not have that attitude or demeanor. A lot of us know specifically that a lot of the things that are happening in these local cities, we know they're not right. And we know that this doesn't match the constitution, but we feel like the constitution doesn't favor us. So we don't even talk about it. But then you will have somebody that's actually living black history. Rhonda Ezell, if you guys are not familiar with her, this is a black woman who is still living, who won a landmark case at the Supreme court to open up a gun range in Chicago. Mm-hmm. This well, is somebody who yeah. this is somebody who's not nearly talked about enough. And I think that they don't want us to know things like this because they don't want us to know that you have 
um, those of us that are fighting these things up to the Supreme Court level and actually um, winning. Otis McDonald, who um, he's deceased now, but he's also another person that worked up a Supreme Court, a landmark Supreme Court case that dealt with gun rights. Mm. And so if we don't know it, if we're blind to it, we just assume, oh, that Second Amendment stuff, that's not for us. That don't apply for, to us. And the whole time you got the ancestors that laid the groundwork. It's just, it's right there. But you have to know about it and you have to not let, not let this almost inferiority complex get into your mind of, oh, well, I guess if it ain't meant for us, I'm just not even going to be open to it. I'm just not. No, like I want everything that's mine. I want everything that's due to me. I don't have the attitude of you can just treat me any type of way. And if we have to work this thing up, then we will. So ultimately, I think that's what resonated with me after being like, dang, man, like we can't even as it relates to the civil rights movement, I feel like you have I feel like even if you look at the people that we learn about, right? They always teach you about the pacifists. Right. Like, why do we think that is? That's not an accident. That's for a reason. Because when you start to, and people like to make this a negative word, and I don't necessarily think it has to be a negative word, but when you start to become more militant, about your understanding about the groundwork that's been laid and what's due to you as an American citizen, you go about things a different way and you have a different attitude about it versus the passiveness that's almost been projected onto us. And that's not a complete, clear, holistic picture of our nature as a people. Yeah. Who are the passivists you're talking about? So when we talk about the Rosa Parks and the Martin Luther Kings, right, and the civil rights movement, they try to paint it as is as if this entire thing is this let's hold hands, kumbaya, sing Negro spirituals type of movement. When were the, the militant people you're talking about? So, so let me clarify, right? Because even some of those people were actually for gun rights, right? Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was a person who went to get his concealed carry permit, but was denied because of racism. Mm-hmm. But that's rarely talked about because, oh, we can't, we can't attach. We can't show you a, a holistic picture or we can't show this person in a different light other than Oh, he just he just marched and he just sang songs, right? Yeah. Or um, you know, uh Malcolm X would be a would be a uh militant. Well, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I don't want to use the word because I feel like I was using the word militant, I think more so to describe me and my understanding of learning more things. I don't want to necessarily use that word to characterize Malcolm X because I feel like that word can also have negative connotations. But you, so said, I wanted- no, you said passive. You said passive. So you was using mm-hmm. that connotation for a group of people. You said mm-hmm. militant. So I'm asking who what group of people were you using militant for? 
anybody that has not done the uh anybody that has not done the well you know history so, so come on come 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 with it you you yeah. gave me the passive you gave me Martin Luther King Rosa Parks was sitting down and you you know so instead of that way you you chose that you you saying the militant way so who mm-hmm. who were militant that accomplished something is what I'm trying to get who who are the militant people you're talking about what I'm trying to say, I need to say this before I say that, right? We've we've had what is cons- what I consider to be militant are the people that we do not learn about in in uh, school. That's it, like- and it doesn't have to just deal with gun ownership, right? But when you have like a Malcolm X, a Nat Turner, you have several people whose names have been almost lost, who were There were several slave rebellions and all type of things leading up to civil rights. You even had the the organization is not coming to me at this time, but the organization worked directly with the NAACP as an armed leg to uh, protect the NAACP. It was a student led organization. I think it was called like the Freedom House. So. This was an armed organization that we rarely talk about, but everybody knows about the NAACP. But you do not know about this student-led organization, this body that was specifically for protecting. You have to to have certain rights, right? Even the civil rights movement was backed by firearms, whether people want to believe it or not. It's always been a a part of black Southern culture. And I believe that a lot of that is left out of our story. So that's what I mean when I talk about the parts that I feel like has not been put up to. And I do not mean pacifist as a diss. I do think that, um, I do think that being non-violent, okay, Mm-hmm. Uh, non-violent, I do think that that absolutely has its benefits in far as getting messages across and, and things like that. But to have a people who has been uh, brutally beaten mm-hmm. and all of the other things that have come with our history in this country, I think it's something to be said when you still are always trying to paint us as like a non-violent people so you choose the militant over the the so-called passives that doesn't that's not what i'm saying I'm, no i'm asking the question you said other than you you so you basically said that uh passive is uh, and they always push those people but they don't bring the militant people right so a so huge way, part, huh i'm listening so I'm trying to understand. You sprung up Nat Turner and Malcolm X, but I said Malcolm X for militant, but you you said no because that's that should get that's giving it a negative connotation. But I didn't say militant I, again. You said uh, Nat Turner and Malcolm X. So those are the militant people you're saying, right? I didn't say they aren't militant. I said I want to be careful about how I'm using that word because it can have negative connotations. So I wanted to clarify that. Right, they militant, and you you said Nat Turner and Malcolm X. So that's that's who goes into into the militant category. That's what I, that's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah, I'm saying okay. Nat Turner, his rebellion, you know, he, he killed a lot of people. Now it, it was an uprising that happened. It was several uprisings back then, right? Mm-hmm. You and and Malcolm X, you know, he through uh, Islam, uh, what it, uh, black uh, nation of Islam. Uh, he, he was a great 
great uh, uh, great historian, you, you know, and I ain't gonna lie to you, you know, growing up, I looked up to Malcolm X and I, you know, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ now, but I would prefer the pacifist because I feel like the pacifist is stronger than the militant. And the reason being is the pacifist doesn't, uh, well, Malcolm, um, Martin Luther King, although, you know, a lot of people got, you know, got difference on Martin Luther King and uh, yeah. the way he lived his life is how he lived his life. You know, he's cheating yeah. on his wife, all that type of different stuff. But anyway, uh, he's stronger because he didn't have a, he didn't have no guns, man. And he, he realized he's in somebody else's house. Right. If you're going to have be militant inside somebody else's house, yeah, you're going to end up dead. A lot of people that go in that militant category, we can bring up the black pounds to a lot of them. You know, yeah. a lot of them end up dead or in jail. You know, you in somebody else's yeah. house, they're going to come get you before you even start to try to do something. Yes, you can. Uh, the, the amendment, uh, the Second Amendment, you know, I have my own gun, you know. A lot of brothers and sisters, they know about having their own gun. But brothers out here, a lot of brothers committing crimes. They don't they don't want their gun to be registered. I mean, and it's sad because what you're talking about is true because you have the Huey P. Newtons and things yeah, like that. But when you say what you said, it's true because a lot of the passive Fred Hampton. Yeah. A lot of the passive people that we would think of and not saying surpassive per se, but a lot of the peaceful people that we would think of the nonviolence, they got laws passed. I can't think of too many aggressors. They got laws passed, but non-aggressiveness got laws passed. Now we know why. Because certain things played a part, but that's just with the out. A lot of people is. in the Bible were passive. Yeah, Pauls and, and uh, Timothys and uh, and Steves that yeah. died for Jesus Christ, died for this, you know, the word. And we that's talk about it. We talk about it all the time about the Second Amendment, especially when we're talking about you know gun rights in the black community. He is right. There's a lot of criminals who have gun rights as well, but that shouldn't stop an ordinary citizen who is working the nine to five being able to protect themselves. Because the you know it does state you know foreign and domestic terrorism foreign means abroad domestic means local so it's not just for guys are you guys suggesting that pacifists don't get killed as well like is no, 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 i just i just no. brought up people in the bible that got killed most of you they they get killed no well, I never I'm said gonna that, wait but that's the you get you accomplish more being that way than you do being militant how yeah. how, how much have oh, did those oh, people that, oh, that were militant uh, accomplished According uh, to who? Matt okay. Turner. Matt Turner. He, he started rebellion. He got skint and hanged up. Right. He didn't. Uh, what did he accomplish? He, yeah, he, he made it probably. You went through a couple of towns, but he didn't do too much. Now, we, we watched a video, a movie on him. OK, cool. Uh, more uh, Malcolm X. What did he accomplish? What laws did he get passed? At least these pacifists that you're talking about, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm, uh, Martin, I mean, Martin Luther King, he got bills passed. Rosa Parks, she sat on the bus. She got, even though we had black buses then, now uh, she didn't have to ride that bus. She could have rode a black bus. We had our own uh, bus system back then. But at least they got bills passed. At least they got this talk to the president and, and uh, like Martin Luther King did and, and, and try and really work on something. These guys over here didn't accomplish anything. That is not true. These people. What didn't did that Turner accomplish? What people did uh, Martin, uh, Malcolm X accomplish? This is a this is a system of years of culmination of everything that's happened leading up to where we are now. So to try to remove or undermine certain people is just not the right thing to do. Everybody played a certain role is what I'm saying. And we have to talk about what did they accomplish? So what are bills? you saying? So are they you going to bills? Who, who writes up his, who writes history? Who writes history? His story. 
Who writes history? They do. I'm I'm just asking what bills did they get passed? Malcolm uh, Martin Luther King got bills passed. What bills these people that you're talking about militant, what did they accomplish? That's all I'm asking. First of all, first of all, they accomplished putting actual fear in people and defending their actual life as a human right. As a human right, we have the right to defend our lives. And I'm not going to sit here and act like black men have to sit here and get beat over the head to have legislation passed. Even if you recently look at the Black Lives Matter movement, this never got any traction until they became violent. Even even, uh, um, Martin Luther King talked about rioting being a voice of the unheard. Our people have been known for rioting and revolts in this country, even if you want to look at the Haitian Revolution. How did that happen? And if we're going to talk about even the diaspora and them to some level having their independence, how do we think that happened? So to negate to negate the role that violence plays in changing history and protecting your community and protecting your life, I believe is a tool of the white man. They do not want us to feel like They do not want us to feel like we have the same ability, the needs and the desires to defend our life. And it's wrong. It's a wrong position to take. I want to be very clear. The Second Amendment. So we we have the ability to take care of the protect our household. And you have a gun to just in case of the government or whatever. If they come and try to infringe on your uh, your process, whatever you're doing in your life and they try to harm your family, you're able to protect yourself. That's what the gun is for, for the Second Amendment. Right. Right. So we're not we're not against brothers and sisters having weapons, but we're against of the, the thought of uh, pushing violence. You know, we, we, we're a follower. Like, we're followers, we're followers of Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to say I knew it was a trick question. That's why I went back to c- clarify militant. One of one of my, Malcolm X's most important quotes was be peaceful, obey the law, be right. courteous. But if a man puts his hands on you, put him in the grave. And I agree with that. No time. So that. don't so don't try to give me a trick bag like I'm telling black people it's not a trick to bag. go out here and take arms and be violent. Like, don't do you it. You brought up no, revolution. Absolutely. You brought up Nat and Turner. But in her defense, hold on. Like, don't do that. 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 In her defense, when you said what militants got laws passed, the Black Panthers got a lot of laws passed. Yes. They actually got uh, help with a gun law. Actually, not only that, but the free breakfast and offering yeah, stuff they, for their community. Yeah. They got laws passed. The Black Panthers. And I know they that, did. but I was. And then had. Yeah, and had that all over. But even speaking but, to what you're talking about, right? What we're having. I got laws took now. away too. Speaking yeah. on what you're talking about, another thing that Malcolm X also quoted was that you have to deal with the enemy in the language that he speaks. And if that language be violent, then deal with him violently. You know, things of that nature. However, he also, like you said, he said, do not, you know, he's not a violent man. He right. just, you're not putting your hands on him. That's Correct. Correct. And we need right. to make that distinction. No, 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 no. I said before I wanted you to go on, I wanted to clarify because that word can have negative connotations. And now we've been went into a whole spin of me sitting here. It's almost making it as if I'm trying to make it seem like our previous leaders were just these inherently violent people. And in in no way is that what I'm saying or promoting. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, I believe he was was not. I believe that. Except for Nat Turner. Now, Nat Turner, he was was that was a 
different time. And Khalid and Muhammad then, you know, was on pushed, a different type of time pushed, too. But you know, you know um, I do, I do believe everything, like you said, everyone throughout history, no matter what they have done, no matter how small the contribution, no matter our thoughts on it, it all played a part into getting us to where we're at now, which is what you right. were saying earlier. Right. So, and, and I 100% agree with that. Now, with you being into being born in the South, in Mississippi, catching that education, did they teach you about any of the leaders from back in the days that so led me, revolutions I, out in the South? So I want to go back just a little bit because um, I want to mean I tried to mention this earlier, but it kind of got lost, lost in the back and forth. Mm. One important thing for me in discussing my YouTube is how a lot of times we are not given balanced information. Yeah. We are not given balanced information. So I don't care what political discussion we're talking about. A lot of times people, a lot of times you have these binary binaries and people are pushed into their echo chambers, right? So that, I mean, that could be anything. We could talk about abortion. We could talk about women's rights, trans rights, this, that, and the other, whatever. Think of any topic that's uh, important right now, even vaccinations. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we do not get the balanced information. We do not get the pros and the cons. We do not get the the we do not get a full holistic view or perspective and that's why you have a lot of people out here that will staunchly support something or disagree with it without having a better understanding of it and so all i was saying is i am not i want to be clear that everybody has a role to play i am not undermining martin luther king's uh um uh, legacy and everything that he's done for the civil rights movement movement nor am i undermining the civil rights movement but i am also saying that there's a lot of that story or parts of that story are other people that are not uh that are going untold and so i think when we're talking about these conversations it's important to have balance because yes I the same way we can talk about the Second Amendment, we also need to talk about the crime in our neighborhoods. And I'm sure we're going to get to that in a second, because I'm not going to just make it ever seem like, oh, it's just this one way or no way. And to do that, I think is is beyond my position. And I don't want to be skewed or mischaracterized as doing so either. So I wanted to make sure that I clarified that. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that, um, yeah, a lot of the people that were talked about in history were my school is only three, four, three or four black people. But you're right. You don't hear of the people who actually uh, rose up to try to protect themselves in in it, in the decent matter, according to the law. You know what I mean? You have to because I'm teaching you You have to deep down. What would I tell you? you It's it's like you have to deep down and go go searching (laughs) for that. Like, oh, okay, they had a group like the deacons for the deacons for the defense. No one really ever heard the deacons for defense. You know what I mean? Who rose up against their neighborhood and were protecting their uh, community against uh, white supremacy. And they were in the church. You know, they they stood up. Marcus Garvey. Yeah. And all that. So, uh, no, I definitely agree with you uh, with in the sense that, you know, you don't hear you do hear about the people who said nonviolence, but you don't hear about the people who stood up against the violence yeah. according to the law. So, I, you know, I do 
do agree with that. And that's that's a part. That's an important thing for both of y'all. I'm glad y'all made that um, distinction. Like we're talking about self-defense, the way that history projects it and the way that they're teaching it in class is that these people were rebellious and that they were violently attacking, um, trying to get some sort of rights passed when truthfully they were just defending their own rights within the Constitution protecting themselves for, like I said, so, you know, self-preservation, things of that nature. That's just what it was. But um, let's move on. No, no, hold on. I think that even though they were doing that, a lot of them died, but that was still their own righteousness, right? Yeah. You, 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 a lot of them going to hell. A lot of them are in hell, sure. right? Sure. Because your own righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. You're trying to come in. I, I put you in this position. I'm not saying that you should uh, uh, bow down or be submissive, but a, the passive way is a fa- that's the way you follow the Lord. Why would I uh, try to kill somebody or even? Th- but if you put your hands on me, of course, I got to defend yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But to to go around and and, and, and just support uh, these uh, the, the rebellion, like in uh, the Nat Turner rebellion to support that. Over the pacifist, I feel like that's just that's just crazy to me. I don't you know? think she was saying yeah. putting I'm supporting one over the other. I think she was just saying that you don't hear of, of both course, sides. I'm of teaching the, you the realize what position you realize what you're in. I'm the one giving yeah. you the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know I what I'm saying? Right. Right. No, I understand. So you're going to learn gender. that. Learn. You're going to learn it outside of school. I'll, right. I'll, you know, I just know that. Like, I'm no I know you're not going to teach me all about history. Right. That, if they if they was, then we would know who we are. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just, we wouldn't just go around and yeah. just thinking we're Africans when we're not. But no, but but no, I agree with you, Des. If you're saying people just going out like, oh, OK, let me just get the guns and go kill whoever. No, you shouldn't be doing that. But if you're protecting yourself according to the law against it, that's totally different. And I don't think she was me saying that. I think the militant came from uh, the militant categorized people who actually wanted to rise up and defend themselves according to the law. Yeah, right. And all I was saying, saying is they know, just the past has accomplished more. That's history. all I'm saying. Even though I know I know about those people in history, Marcus Garvey, uh, uh, a lot of. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you're saying people, they, they you know, chose to appease yeah. the people who didn't uh, rise up, protect themselves like, OK, yeah, I, we're going to go with. Uh, what was, the, that, what was the guy, So, so let me can I ask Des one question? So you are. Are you suggesting because. People watching need to keep in mind that we're actually talking about a long span of of history. Okay, Nat Turner was years before a Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. So, Des, are you are you suggesting that a Nat Turner should have just played his role until the white man just woke up one day and decided, oh, use free now? Is that what you're saying? Listen, after after he after Nat Turner died, right after they killed him. What what happened? The, the people, the slaves. There were more. There were more slave rebellions. You have did, to remember. Did they win in it? I know, but did they, a lot of these were slavery incidents. Ma'am, did they escape slavery un, until uh, you uh several Lincoln? People they didn't. They didn't escape. Slavery. No, ma'am. This is what I'm saying. Did they escape? Was slavery denied? Like, did they counsel slavery until uh, Abraham Lincoln passed that law? Like slavery was still existing is what I'm saying. Even though Nat Turner did that in whatever the part of the country he did that in, he didn't take uh, everybody was still enslaved. They were still slaves. And it didn't change. It didn't change. No laws is what I'm trying to say. But it affected. Law doesn't make sense. The Bible says the slave. Hold on. The Bible says that slave, the slave should obey their master. Oh, my God. I've never experienced this in my life. This is so new to me. 
I'm I saying, never. But that's Bible, though. That's the word of God. If look, if, if you hold on, if your like, ancestors, wait a minute, if your just ancestors, be cool with being a slave, y'all. I, like, I never said anything so cool. The Bible, hold on, the white Bible was against. No, the Bible is against people taking people as slaves. It actually says that those people should die, right? The Bible says that some if a man takes another man as a slave, that man should die. So exactly. I, I was against it. Exactly. If you Try to take me slave, as a slave and you, know, you will. We were There's prophes- slavery that's oh, wait, still happening We were today. prophesied in the Bible to be slaves. I mean, being uh, took to the four corners of the earth to being bondage for over 400 years. So this is all the all I'm, things I'm saying is in the Bible. You coming at me with a worldly perspective. I'm coming at you with Bible. Your ancestors, if your ancestors did not obey the slave master, you wouldn't be sitting over there is what I'm saying. If they were Nat Turner, these people would have killed you. These people were sending our babies, giving our babies to alligators. These people were pulling our people apart, setting our people on fire, burning our people. So I understand that you come with this militant mindset, but you don't know what kind of animal you're dealing with, what type of person you're dealing with, what type of antichrist spirit they have on us. You don't you don't understand that. So that's why you're going with the militant people. But these people haven't accomplished anything except for giving you a good speech. Maybe they got some laws, a little bit of laws passed or whatever. But these passive people that you you're putting down, these are people like jesus christ these are people like paul and all these apostles that died for this so i understand you can come with me with your worldly perspective you probably you know i'm gonna ask you about a couple more things but i'm you know i'm just going ahead no i mean i i get it like i said i get it a hundred percent it's just violence is never the answer first and foremost now self-protection is not violence because that's not projected Amen. violence Amen. that's not i'm not projecting violence upon you jesus said keep swore. Is, is being in slavery violence yes or no Absolutely. Is that violence against yeah, the, absolutely. the human body? Absolutely. absolutely. But I don't I've never been. Who's one, who, who didn't I, I've never been one to tell people about civil rights because I don't think there was no civil rights. These were human rights. We're humans. There's nothing civil. Oh, about did this. your did your ancestors obey the slave master? Some of them did. Some of them didn't. Okay, you don't want to have it. No, 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 no. If they did, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me talk for a minute. Hold on. If they didn't, you wouldn't be here. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but let, but let her let her say it. But let her speak though. So I'm speak. so thankful that they obeyed, so we can be able to have this conversation. Human trafficking, slavery, and human trafficking. Right. So yeah. I would consider human trafficking slavery. Yes. There is yeah. human trafficking that exists right now. Um, Amen. Yeah. In America and across the country, I want to know: Are the people on this panel suggesting that these people should basically just play their role until their captor suggested suggests that they are willing to let them go and be nonviolent towards these people because that is the only way you can get into heaven? Is is that the understanding that I'm getting from you? Have you read the Bible before? Uh, I've read some of it. I've not read it cover to cover. Okay, so why would you say that's the only way you can get into heaven? Do you know how you can get into heaven? I'm asking you a question based right, on but the you said because that's the only way to get to get into heaven, but you don't know. I'm asking you a question based on a conversation that we just had. Man. You literally said that our militant ancestors would go to hell or are in hell. And so yeah. I want to understand because that's your own righteousness, right? You're trying to do something for the people that my people that I put in this position is prophesied in Deuteronomy 28. That only how they're going to be free is by me coming. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be the savior. You know, I'm the savior. 
This is my glory. You can't take my glory. Your, 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 your own righteousness, because you're going to tell me, uh, God, we did this. We did this. My works. Your works cannot save you. Okay, right? so qualify. Okay. That's a direct question. Just, if, because you don't like the people that are taking them into slavery or taking them and kidnapping every stuff. They're going to hell if they don't repent. The you saying, am I saying the kids should just be uh, stay there? Should they try to get away? Yeah, they can try to get away. Yeah. But do That's not, not promise. What? But do not kill their enslaver. If do they not. want to go to heaven, thou shall not murder. No. you. What you mean if you want to go to heaven? I'm asking. That's not a way to go to heaven just because you uh, obeying like, you know, uh, just because we subject to the laws or whatever. We, that, that's not a or that's not how you get to heaven. So so if you want to know how to get to heaven, that's something different. But you're asking questions about something. I don't know. In a sense. No. And so in a sense, what you do, if you're if you're in a situation like that. You're supposed to rebel. You're supposed to fight for your rights. Yeah, obviously. Fight for your but life. Dez, oh, just let somebody what, kidnap him. Yeah. What Dez is getting to is he's saying, do you get to a point where you kill to free yourself? If you feel that way, then go ahead. But you're going to have to repent for your yeah, way. If you have to, if you have, that's the way yeah. you, you've got to do. You got to do what you got to do. I, I, I'm explain. not letting nobody take it. Me, take I know me. you asked a direct question, so I want to provide a direct answer. Let I that be a, a direct answer, answer for you. So if God, you have man. to, if you have to kill, which you should never have to, because the Bible says, do thou shalt not kill. But and that's in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse nine. But if you need to kill to get out of the situation that you're in, if that be the case, then, like I said, you're going to just have to repent for your ways of what you have done in but order that, to the, fight. For but I think, hold on one second. I think, so but I think, um, OK, but it's two perspectives here. You all are coming from more of a, a biblical standpoint. Right. And. um She's speaking on uh, what do you do in the now if, if you're in it? Am I correct before I go on? Yes. All right. So through everything we've spoken about thus far, what would you think is the most important thing that people should look forward to as we're moving forward with the Second Amendment and guns rights? Far as the government want to take guns away from people or people not being knowledgeable about the Second Amendment? I just think that overall we should take a more active role and a better understanding of realizing that. Um, if you want to be a pacifist, then I believe in everybody's ability and right to do so. However, if you feel it moral and righteous to defend your life, you should know that you absolutely have that right. You should not feel bad about defending your life and you should not feel like it is immoral. Um, there is, like I said, human trafficking that is happening like every day you have women and not even just women, um, but you have people being kidnapped and, and snatched. And I do not believe that you have to uh, succumb to your, your captor or your enslaver. I actually have a friend that's been missing uh, for several years now without a trace. I was just talking about this on Twitter today. Hmm. Um, you know, just, I mean, like almost vanished into to thin air, which is very, very hard to really just wrap your mind around and conceptualize. And particularly, I, you know, I, I want to make this clear that this part is, is to women. Um, a lot of times in the modern day time, it benefits the stronger sex to make women believe that, 
oh, you, you'll never achieve standing up for yourself. You know, if you defend your life, it, he'll just hurt you. And, and if you just get in a trunk, uh, uh, he'll probably let you go. Well, studies suggest that if you do go along with what he's saying and you go along and you get in the trunk and you try to play this submissive role to keep the peace, then you have a over a 90% chance of not making it alive um, home to your family. And so uh, that's a huge part of what I want people to understand is that you're not wrong for wanting to, to, to defend your life. And as far as the second amendment goes, it is heavily a huge part of that. I mean, actually the basis for it is for our ability to defend ourselves against a unchecked government. Now, what that means, that does not mean to go out here and be violent or aggressive to people um, within a, a democratic or a republic uh, a democracy um, process. That is not what that means, but that does mean that if you have a unchecked government that wants the, uh, the ability or the upper hand to feel like that they can kill you, like physically uh, harm you, be violence towards you, then that is what your Second Amendment rights is actually for, is for the basis, for the foundation for it. And so to say that you are a supporter of it, um, that is something that you have to understand. And um, I, I don't know, I forgot my last point, but um, so I want people to know that in totality, I am a supporter of that, of defending your rights. And there are absolutely people whose names you don't know, that they don't want you to know, that have defended these rights and have won in court and have worked their way up to the Supreme Court to solidify these things. So, so don't think it's not happening because that's the narrative or the agenda or the propaganda that's been just handed over to us. So that's kind of overall what I want. Uh, lastly, before you get out of here, I want to get your opinion on, um, can I just say oh, gun we're right. in agreement? We're in agreement oh. with everything you just said. If your life is on the line, yes, you have to defend yourself. Don't just hop in the guy trunk or don't just, you know, let him take you as, uh, as a slave or anything else. You know, fight for your life. You know, uh, we're in agreement with uh, this Second Amendment, everything. Yeah, I agree. And well, it agrees with the Bible. Uh, uh, before we get out of here, what are your thoughts on uh, manufacturers probably getting the gun gun manufacturers uh, possibly getting sued over uh, murders uh, with their guns being used? Yeah. I don't agree with that. Um, we saw a young lady, I believe she was in California, that just used her car um, as a tool to, to kill several people uh, running into traffic, oncoming traffic. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it was completely irresponsible of her. I feel like she's due of everything coming to her. And I feel like she has to bear those consequences. Just like, just like um, you do have criminals that are getting access to firearms, which they shouldn't be. And I hope I'm invited 
um, at a different time so we can speak more in depth about that. Absolutely. However, you have firearms that save well over 400,000 lives each year. This is a statistic that not many people know. And oftentimes, most of that 400,000 people, no blood is shed, including the criminal. Okay. Sometimes, depending on the year, it's upwards of a million people whose lives are saved. And so, you know, if we're going to talk about what the gun manufacturers are doing to not look at the statistics and the lives that they are saving is just completely irresponsible and one sided. So, no, I do not think that manufacturers should have to bear the burden of that, especially when we have uh, recently here vaccine makers. OK, as long as the list is for theirs and people having complications with the vaccines, you have the government that has gone on to protect the vaccine manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And do I think that's fair? Well, that depends on um, where the people actually fully uh did they receive full consent and understanding of what they're getting? And so, no, I don't think it's fair to hold gun manufacturers um, responsible when you aren't doing this with these other industries. Do you think uh, just like I think it was the case when the guy uh, defended the people in the mall, like saved their uh, lives? I don't think he had like a conceal to carry, but he had a right to bear arms. That was the reason that um, he did get took into jail because of uh, the amendment. Do you think uh, more people? <clears throat> More people. Do you think a lot of people don't really know how that uh, right works? I absolutely don't think they do. I think that you have some I think that you have a lot of young men who are carrying and not are not. I don't think that they are necessarily violent, but they're responding to some of the things they see going on in their neighborhoods. So they're walking around with firearms, feeling like they can have it, but not knowing the best. Uh, steps to take. Now, even though the Constitution is supposed to be the supreme law, you also have to have an understanding of your locality and what you will be dealing with if you ever have to use that firearm to defend yourself. Even us responsible gun owners like myself, I have uh, gun insurance. I have insurance to carry so that in the event that something happens, in the event that I'm traveling, in a lot of these cities, particularly cities where we happen to stay, they don't always skew pro-gun. And so sometimes they will try to put you under the jail. But if you have a team that's fighting for you, um, uh, then you know, you can change the outcome. Also, we have to remember, not even just when it comes to, to guns, right? But we have to remember some of the things that they say to these people when they're being questioned. Oh, well, if you just admit to it, or if you just sign off on this, or if you just say you did this part, then, then you won't have to spend as long in here. You won't have to deal with this. This won't be stretched out, right? And you will have a lot of guys. I think that's what we saw in the um the, the New York Five. Um, I'm getting the words mixed Central up. Central Park Five. The Central Park Five, right? A similar thing happened there where you had these uh, kids just kind of like going with something and being tricked out of their rights as a citizen, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that a lot of that is happening too on a local level and people, like I said at the beginning, not using the full extent of their rights because sometimes feeling like, well, that don't apply to me. That doesn't work here. 
Mm-hmm. And so not really seeking to achieve it or take it to the next level. Do you think there should be stricter uh, gun laws as far as when it like, for example, when I was coming up in school, you, I, you really didn't hear about, you know, like middle schools or high schools bringing guns to school. But now it's like the norm. Um, more middle schools are having access to guns. Uh, a lot of, you know, more. It seemed like more they, they, they put them in videos. More kids are having access to guns versus to how it was when I was growing up. Do you think there should be stricter gun laws? I think that I think that there should be stricter consequences for um, parents who are not being responsible and for people actually committing crimes. I think it should be stricter consequences. I have no problems or qualms with saying that if you are a violent person, if you try to rape, rob, or homicide, and I think that you should feel the full weight of the responsibility and consequences of that, including prison time. But what I don't think should happen is, is that you should have good people that are being subject to more gun control. I mean, it's just tons of stories that I've heard of people not being able to defend their lives in other cities because of the restrictive gun control. And we also have to remember, um, like we kind of mentioned earlier, but never really got a chance to to get to in depth in this interview, um, is that the the criminals are going to have the guns anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the law abiding citizens are the people that follow the laws mm-hmm. you know so when that little boy whoever is going into that middle school with that gun he doesn't give a crap about your laws like he's already made this decision to be evil and violent and so what happens is when a person who used to work in a school system like me who's a law-abiding citizen but you're telling me and a responsible gun owner but you're telling me oh you can't take your firearm on this property even though i'm saying i am fully responsible for anything that happens with my firearm like i'm willing to take on that responsibility but by you now saying i cannot come onto school property when i'm actually a legal already a legal gun owner and done everything taking all those steps now you're infringing on me because when that little psycho kid comes into that campus now my life is at risk and the children's who i am responsible for their lives are also at risk so i think it's just you know i'm kind of fitting a lot in there in a short amount of time but i think it's just a lot to consider and a nuance to it and i don't think a blanket Oh, more gun laws is necessarily the correct answer. Right. Do you a last question? Do you believe in uh stopping frisk? No. Mm. I feel you on that. Okay. Well, that was the answer. I, like I mean, I, I believe in it though, but that's the answer. And uh thank you so much. Thank right. you. Thank you for uh, giving us your time. Uh you have a good day and uh continue to stay safe and continue to advocate. Absolutely. Thank you for having Bless me. Bless you. Appreciate you, man.